fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Today is a part two episode of What's Landing on You. (laughs) What's Landing on You, part two. And yesterday's episode was about what emotional triggers exist within you that cause you to go into a trauma response. If you didn't get a chance to listen to yesterday's episode, go ahead and pause or stop this audio and listen to that one first, and then dive back in where we are. Let's get started. Hey, this is Beandrine, formerly known as, oh, good Lord, we don't have time for that. This is My Self-Worth is a Size Zero, a podcast brought to you by Embolden Label. Here, you'll turn your negative inner dialogue into a goal-crushing identity. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you let someone see you from the inside out? That's what I thought. I was mentioning to a good friend this morning that I was going to be recording this episode today, And I mentioned fight, flight, or freeze, or fawn. And she started laughing and she was like, how many more of these can we add? And we started kind of joking and making up our own versions of, you know, yet another F word that goes with it. And you can about imagine where it went. And we were laughing our faces off, but it really reminds us that a framework is really just a view in which we can look at something. And there is always another way of thought. There is always another perspective, so to speak, that can be placed on something. And I also think that in the personal development space and really in any industry, we have to consider the marketing behind it. So those who are helping us have a framework so that they can help and teach and train us. And that takes... Um, really categorizing things and creating a system in order for our brains to process and understand what's being taught, what's going to be the change, the helpful change that we need. Here at Embolden Label, we have several exercises that are developed in a very similar way, and yet there is no one-way solution. So when you look at these trauma responses, these fight-flight freeze or fun, which by the way, try saying that three times fast. It's not easy. There are two, maybe three of these four that you are familiar with. And as time has gone on and as we've grown more developmentally sound in our society and we've gained a, a greater emotional intelligence, we have become more aware of these added components. Now, many of you have probably not heard of fawn, and I'll have to do some research into how long this has been sort of tacked on to the end of this. But I remember pretty far back in my life, people saying, and I'm going to say like I was a teenager, remembering hearing it quite often where somebody says, you know, I was in fight or flight. And it's also around that time that I remember this conversation starting about personal development and getting healthy and healing and going to therapists and life coaches and kind of that whole conversation. Prior to that, I at least wasn't aware that that existed. Obviously, we know that it did, but we have come into a place in society where these conversations luckily are becoming more common. Now, I also think that sometimes we focus on the label rather than the conversation that needs to be being had underneath the label. And for that reason, I'm making this episode today because some of us assume that we know what fight, flight, or freeze 
and now fawn means. But in my coaching world, I have noticed that many people make the assumption that they know what it means. However, um, they really don't. So we're going to start with fight or flight. I jokingly tell people now I have to like look into myself when I say this because I jokingly say this because it's really hard for me to admit this to myself, but it's very true of an older version of me that I have two modes in conflict. One is to cry, and I mean sob like a baby, and the other one is to rip someone's head off in anger. And, you know, that sounds very violent, but I, man, can I yell and scream like the best of them? Now, I've curbed that, and I've learned how to manage it through many frameworks and tools and learning and development. Um, And luckily, I am secure enough in that healing to be able to talk about it and tell you that I had an anger bone and I also had a crybaby bone. And sometimes I still do, although, you know, the dial is turned way down on those things, um, really in both regards. So fight or flight, um, you know, though flight would be in my mind more running away from a situation, I could also see my deferring to crying as flight but it could also be freeze. And so when I think of fight or flight, that to me is I'm either going to hit you head on. We are going to get into it. We're going to go toe to toe. I'm going to, you know, fight as hard as humanly possible for my voice to be heard, for my ideas to be heard, for me to be seen, for me to be right, and for me to win the conversation or the conflict. And then flight is to run from conflict or conversation. And this is where I would say you may be avoiding conflict if you are a flight wired person. If you run to run, (laughs) if you run away from conflict and you actually will run away from even the idea that you could end up in conflict, that's where you're coming more into that avoidant mentality. Now, freeze is so interesting to me because when I think of freezing, I kind of do think of that crybaby, you know, kind of falling apart, losing my authority, crouching, cowering, hiding, um, giving away even, you know, my voice or feeling seen or heard in that moment. And I found this on the Internet. It's from Healthline.com. And it says freezing is fight or flight on hold which is so interesting to me because if I consider what was my automatic deferral in conflict for most of my life, it was that emotional oversensitivity, crying, falling apart, feeling weak. And if I think about my subconscious learning through my childhood, I believed that I couldn't get angry and assertive and have a voice because there were people that had dominance over me because I was a child. And I would always be negatively labeled if I showed and acted out in anger or in that fight mentality. Although I trust me when I tell you I had it in me. Um, And I I definitely showed it to people. However, it was never well received um, as it really shouldn't be. And then when I think about kind of deferring to that crying, I also recognize that that flight was very much part of my conditioned learning as far as like, 
you don't walk away from a conversation. You don't, um, you don't avoid it. You don't ignore people. You don't stonewall them. And I think that many women have experienced this where they're really not allowed to be assertive and they're also not allowed to avoid where at least in my experience in relationships myself and also with clients, I've noticed that men tend to get away more with shutting down and avoiding conflict. And um, if you can argue with that, by the way, if you have a different point of view on that, I would love to hear from you. So shoot me an email at b at emboldenlabel.com. That's B-E-E at E-M-B-L-D-N label.com. I drop my email in the show notes always too. So you can always email me. I love different perspectives. I love to be challenged. Um, And so if you have a different perspective on that, I certainly don't think that all men and women follow that pattern. But I do and have experienced that as a a general, uh, well, a generalization in my own life. Um, and so you have this fight, flight, or freeze, which to me makes a lot of sense. And I think that we oftentimes see people we love show up in this way. And what I've noticed about interactions and relationships is that oftentimes there is a party that's that tends to be more dominant, that actually enjoys putting someone in a trauma response because it allows them to kind of stand on the outside and be the one who isn't standing in the chaos. And so you can actually be someone who tends to avoid conflict and you will also set conflict up and then kind of stand away from it like I didn't do anything. And if you're listening to this and you are um, trying to resolve a relationship in your life where someone kind of does this, they sort of drop a nuclear bomb and then they stand on the outside and go like, what did you do? Um, then you'll, you'll probably really relate to this episode. Um, the last thing I want to do is get into what is fun. Um, and before I get into what is fun, when we talk trauma responses in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, we are talking about a heightened stress level in the body. So this is a like a fire that's kind of smoldering up and burning up from the inside of you and threatening to um, kind of explode. It's a it's a what do I do with this? How do I resolve this? Where can I run to? Who do I need to punch out to get out of this? Right? It's that it's that pressurized stress that rises up in us when we. Um, realize that we're in a situation that needs to be resolved or needs to be dealt with, and we don't really have the tools to do that. And it sh- it's amazing to me. So I was going to say it shocks me, and it does. It shocks me that we are not given the tools to learn how to do this at an earlier age. However, those tools that I now know and that you can learn are awkward because they aren't part of our social conditioning. They aren't part of how we are trained and taught from a young age. And I have some coaching tactics that I utilize with my kids and I try to teach them how to um, how to role play them or how to utilize them with their conflict situations. And it's very, very difficult to teach children because it takes a certain brain development and understanding in order to really recognize what is needed in the moment, which is why, 
many of us miss those tools through our childhood and end up in adulthood with this really like lack of understanding of how to show up and how to manage conflict situations in relationships. And so then we're left with these trauma responses, these these very intense um, stress levels. Now, I find it interesting because um, since starting what was tear out the tags um, and embolden label, and now leaning into more focused on wearing that embolden label, showing up courageously until it leads to confidence in your life. I was oftentimes misunderstood for being the the thought leader, the motivational speaker that is um, live your life without labels. Live your life so open-minded that you don't judge people, you don't label them, you don't hold them to one um, you know, limited view. Now, I do believe that we actually can't hold someone to one limited view. However, I do not encourage you to live your life without labels. I do not encourage you to not judge or not make assumptions about people who you feel like could be unsafe for you. Um, in fact, it is a huge risk in your life to take for you to be so open-minded that you don't judge somebody and you allow them into your personal space and you allow them to influence you and affect you. And the reason I tell you this is because it's likely if you consider yourself to be open-minded and someone who is like, oh, I'm just like you, Be. I don't like labels. I love to accept people as they are. Well, congratulations in one way because you are someone who probably has a high level of ability to see people through very limiting labels. And it's likely that you have allowed others to label you inaccurately or you've picked up negative labels from others because you don't have strong boundaries around the labels that do matter to you. So as we're discussing these four trauma responses, I want you to understand that Most people, just like they're thinking with the tags and the labels, believe that these trauma responses are negative, that we should not feel these trauma responses, that they are bad for us, they break relationship, they cause conflict, they hurt communication, and they are bad and we shouldn't feel them. And that is quite wrong, just like it is quite wrong that we should live our lives without labels or live our lives without labeling others. So these trauma responses are incredibly helpful because they surge chemicals inside of you and cause a reaction that is meant to avoid danger. It's, it's meant to make you move away from or work through dangerous situations. And without that understanding and that framework, we it just makes us uncomfortable. It just makes us feel like we are wrong. Like I should not be in conflict. Fighting is bad. Joy and friendship and love is good. And I just shouldn't be feeling this. And so what I want to tell you is that knowing what to do when you are feeling a trauma response, when somebody has landed something on you, when you have allowed something to land on you from someone else or even from yourself. It is good because it's an indicator of what you need to do next. 
The problem is that you don't have the tools to show up differently so that you can relax that trauma response and work through what it is that you need to work through. Which brings me to fawn. So I am saying fawn, F-A-W-N. And it's so interesting because I was thinking like, okay, what does a fawn do? And I asked you this yesterday to try to avoid Googling this. And the reason is I wanted you to try to really put yourself in a position of a little baby fawn and what would a little baby fawn do? And the definition of this is so perfectly put. The word is really spot on. And if you are a perfectionist, a people pleaser, a parent pleaser, or just a pleaser, I want you to raise your hand. Now, I know you're alone in your car or in your kitchen or whatever you're doing, and you're thinking, I'm not going to raise my hand. No, I am asking you if you identify as one of those labels, if you have had a problem with perfectionism or people pleasing, I want you to physically right now raise your hand. And the reason I want you to raise your hand is this is an acknowledgement for you to you that this is a problem that needs to be addressed or you will continue to be taken advantage of and be in a system of self-sacrifice until you decide you've had enough. And some people get to the end of their lives. They get into their 70s, their 80s, and sometimes their 90s, and they are still self-sacrificing. They are still living their lives in a way that allows others to take advantage of them. And I was one of these, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. Gosh, can I just take a moment and say that that feels so good to say. While it's not completely resolved in me, it is something I have torn out. It is like perfectionist and people pleaser are tags I have removed over and over and over and over again as I've continued to learn how to show up differently and practice it in my own life to where today I can say with confidence that I am no longer a people pleaser or a perfectionist. Okay, enough about me. The fawn response, for those of you who didn't cheat and didn't Google this, is a phrase coined by Pete Walker, and it describes an often unconscious behavior. Now, for those of you who don't know a ton about conscious and unconscious or conscious and subconscious, is a conscious behavior is something that we are aware of. Now, most people believe that they are aware And most people are not actually nearly as aware as they think they are. So a subconscious behavior would be a behavior that you are not consciously aware of yet. So a fawn response is a behavior that aims to please, appease, and pacify the threat in order to keep yourselves safe from further harm. This was so needed at the end of those other three trauma responses. And I wish more than anything that I had heard this phrase, this label, so to speak, and this definition much earlier in my life. Because when I look back at the times in my life where I should have recognized unhealthy or toxic behavior, and I should have recognized a behavior, labeled it, defined it, and run like the wind away from that person, I fawned. I people-pleased. 
I cultivated a a um, reaction, a calm, a harmony, and it was a, by the way, a false harmony. And I just kind of settled things down and made them okay and then moved on and waited for the next time that that same toxic person brought their toxic energy to the table where I then did the same thing. I fawned. I people pleased. I created harmony again, a false harmony. Many, many people have been trained to do this because they're uncomfortable with conflict. And it is likely that part of your family system training taught you to be this way. So if you had one dominant parent that was dominant over a passive parent, that could have taught you how to kind of fawn in the middle and create a safe space for yourself and them. If you had two dominant parents that were kind of charging at each other all the time, and I don't necessarily even mean in high conflict, but just in competitiveness, you could have learned how to fawn to kind of like crouch and and hide underneath this really large energy. And if you had two very passive parents who wouldn't really speak up and wouldn't really address issues, you could have learned how to fawn in order to create a resolution to something, in order to get people talking. And so this is really kind of a chameleon trait where we would look at this and say, okay, if I'm fawning, I'm almost like taking on all of the roles and responsibilities of those around me to create this false harmony so that I feel okay. I don't feel like I'm in conflict all the time and I don't feel like I am living in trauma response. So if this is you, I hope that you've benefited from this episode today. And as you've listened to this, I think it's awesome to identify with a trauma response that makes you go, yeah, that's really my style in conflict. I'm really someone who flights. I'm really someone who fights. I'm really someone who fawns or I'm really someone that freezes. It's great to recognize that something is more common for you. However, I would also encourage you not to stick or get stuck on one of these labels and really explore how you may do a multitude of these Or you might do one or a few of these with some people, say people that are more dominant than you, and you may do some of these that are different with people who are more passive than you. And so it's really great to find an awareness within you of what kind of triggers does your body give you? What do you feel inside of you when you defer to each of these trauma responses? I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And I hope you have a wonderful Friday and a fabulous weekend. But here's the thing. In five days, I am launching a community for people that feel that they are easily affected by others. Now, when I say that, our culture wants you to not admit that you are affected at all by others. We have these sayings actually in our society like, just get over it. Don't care what other people think of you. Sticks and stones can break your bones, but words will never hurt you. And the truth is, many of us, I would, I would venture to say most of us, 
are people who are actually easily affected by others, whether we want to admit it or not. If you are one of these people and you are looking for tools to understand why this is and to actually learn to show up differently and take authority back over your life, I invite you to join us. This community is going to be free for the entire month of December. And what I am launching for the month of December is a once a week live podcast recording where we talk about a subject and then we discuss it. So next week on Wednesday, December 7th at 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And the topic for next week's episode is the truth about resiliency. Now, if you want to join in, whether you want your voice to be heard or not, if you want to join in, I encourage you to email me or message me on social media, the word beta, that's B-E-T-A. And beta just means you get to be part of this beta community for free for the month of December. And you just shoot me an email that says beta and I will get you the information and the Zoom link to jump on and join in on this live podcast recording. Um, And for those of you who want to learn more about these trauma responses, you will want to come because I'm going to be nervous and I'm probably going to be having a bit of a trauma response. So you can come and learn how I deal with it. Um, I can't wait to see you guys there. I've already gotten several messages from people saying that you're interested in the community. I appreciate your support more than anything. Starting something like this is truly intimidating and scary Um, And I'm so excited and ready to have these really healthy and hard conversations with all of you. So if you are interested, please join us next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Thanks and have an awesome weekend.